you are listening to the Sage Advice podcast. So that was Siddharth with us, and now next I have got an interesting. Uh, friend of Zoya's again. She's been pretty resourceful, I must say. And uh, we're going to be conversing with Vedant, who's studying to be a doctor. And he's going to tell us in depth about the pros and cons of gaming and why he feels it's not just affecting the youngsters, but it's far more widespread and the roots are deeper. So on this alarming note, let me welcome Vedant. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, Vedant, on this uh, episode. And um, please share what is your take, especially when you've just heard this conversation I had with Siddharth talking about going on a killing spree whenever you're angry to vent it out. I mean, he just was uh, this short of telling me that he's doing it to vent out a lot of pent-up anger and frustration. But uh, he said it very candidly. He accepted it. But a lot of kids are playing and doing this and they are absolutely unaware of what they are doing and they are doing it unconsciously but it is impacting their entire thought process. We are looking at so much aggression in the society today. Young kids and unfortunate incidents of kids wielding guns at school and a lot more. So I am opening the floor to you now. Tell me, what do you think are the pros and cons of gaming? Hi. Uh, so you know, you uh, pointed out how Siddharth, who spoke very, uh, who spoke very truthfully about mm. being an avid gamer, but uh, one thing that he said, which uh, really stayed with me, was that uh, right. you need to know the distinction. Uh, so he he very clearly said that I understand how you know uh, mm-hmm. it's a second world, but it, the things that you do in the second world never ever have can interfere with the first world, which is the only way that going on a killing spree okay. could be acceptable. And and it is it. I thought it was a really nice and important thing that anyone gaming mm-hmm. should realize that if they are going and playing a game, and even if it it helps re- reduce anxiety in these times, reduce stress, then it 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 or it all makes sense as long as you can distinguish between what what things can right. be possible where. So uh, coming to uh, your second your second part of the question, obviously the positives. So uh, obviously. Uh, there are some things which are very clear, like uh, as Siddharth was also pointing out, uh, there are a lot of uh, games which are, uh, which basically are, uh, as he said, adventure games, but they ideally follow a very problem-solving mm-hmm. pattern. So those games obviously help a lot in developing your, uh, in, in fact, it can even help in gotcha. IQ, for instance, because you know, you're, you're sitting and you're uh, trying to uh, solve puzzles, mini puzzles in this huge uh, game. And uh, obviously, the way gaming works, uh, it's always a competition. So it also promotes trying right. to figure out things faster. So that obviously is also it. Like there are a lot of studies which show how uh, you know ga- getting a solution from gamers is always easier than actually getting scientists to go about it, just because of their competitive nature. So uh, that is obviously the first thing. The second thing is obviously that uh, since gaming usually involves uh, a lot mm. of uh, quick processing, it helps a lot in hand-eye coordination and it, it can even uh, improve eyesight in some of the visually okay. impaired people. 
now uh, obviously this needs to be uh, looked at with a pinch of salt because eyesight uh, cannot be uh, it, it is not going to improve for somebody whose eyesight is perfect and they are spending hours and hours of as you said mm-hmm. uh, the new myopia so uh, obviously you you have to take it with a pinch of salt but it has shown to improve eyesight in people who are visually impaired now uh, coming to a really uh, large topic when anything is discussed mm-hmm. is depression now uh, depression uh, can uh, it's it's a two, it's a pro and a con of gaming so uh, depression has been seen to actually have a really big impact on people who are suffering from depression mm-hmm. because of another reason so if someone is suffering from depression not because of gaming but because of family or some relationship issues right. or some health issues then gaming has shown a lot of improvement in those patients and it just helps them overall have a better outcome okay. and outlook on life but that being said uh, as siddharth was also saying and zoya also pointed out the moment uh, gaming becomes addictive and people are look the the way gaming works is that at the end of the day it's right. a dopamine release and that obviously excites you and makes you uh, makes you really it actually uh, increases your uh, it increases the neuronal mm-hmm. firing in your brain so your brain starts working faster so obviously whenever there is a high release of dopamine it can become addictive and that is where the whole dip, it, depression can be caused due to gaming as well which is obviously what you have to uh, as siddharth uh, said you have mm-hmm. to regulate yourself now uh, now obviously the cons are uh, violence at such a if someone is gaming for hours and hours on end then obviously they mm-hmm. are witnessing a lot of violence and they should obviously uh, regulate their time flow along with that uh, there is a thing which happens which is uh, insomnia as uh, zoya said which is right. the common loss of sleep now uh, that is another thing which is obviously related with having a high brightness screen mm-hmm. in front of you for long hours so the way body works is that at the moment uh, your eyes stop seeing right. high amounts of light mm. unlike the sun then your body starts producing uh, hormones which help you get into the sleep okay. mode and obviously when people are gaming at night for long hours with bright screens right on their faces then that that those hormones are not adequately released so even when they go to sleep at supposing 3 o'clock 4 o'clock then they do not have a adequate okay. quality of sleep so uh, yeah that's just uh, what but tell me I, you know as as a student of medicine how many times you know you repeated the same thing that needs to be regulated but for a young teenager at times this regulation is the whole challenge you know that's the catch phrase when there is no parental regulation control or monitoring it's very easy to slip into that adrenaline rush and uh, you know that craving like in your terms for the dopamine uh, release and you keep going back to that activity you want to reset the game start all over again call in more friends and play online and then there is the vulnerability issue as well that comes into play yes from a medical perspective under controlled conditions regulated and scientifically implemented it can help heal patients improve their eyesight and i i've seen so many interactive games being developed for people in the spectrum in the autism spectrum as well and they have helped tremendously because 
we are talking about a section of the society that always responds very well to repetitive tasks but when we get a normal human being into that and especially when he's looking or she's looking for an escape from their life's circumstances and situations it can be extremely dangerous now what do you think is the best way because we are talking about regulation and we're talking about control how does a young person start to maybe do a little self analysis because there would be parents tuned in today and there must be young adults and of course people who have started playing recently when what are the signs maybe symptoms maybe or or red flags so to say which tell them that this is the time to cut it down or stop it so can you uh, put up some of those red flags for us clearly so that one can self regulate okay bas ab zyada ho gaya ab chhod dena chahiye ha what red flags do you think one should watch out for in a young person around them or in themselves so that they can stop just short of getting severely addicted uh so uh, regarding this you know uh, a very important thing that any new gamer or a uh, avid gamer needs to realize is that gaming still needs to be mm. the break in their life it cannot right. be the essence of their life so if supposing there is a student then he has to realize that gaming is going to be the break he's going to get after he fulfills mm. his duties as a student so he may, needs to make sure he's attending class and he's studying the adequate amount and he if he's if he plays sports then if he is making trying to make sure that he is getting enough exercise and obviously then gaming should be a release for all the other activities in your life the moment your days is spent primarily mm. on the basis of gaming okay then there is a problem now an easy way to uh, classify your red flags would be uh, any any time if a game if gaming or the addiction to gaming is affecting okay. your relationship with others mm-hmm. one big red flag is if people around you are uh, are getting troubled are getting worried uh, they are not getting enough uh, contact you're not talking to them enough you know uh, the first signs is when your parents start mm-hmm. getting really worried in norm- in lo- most households uh, your parents are very uh, they get really agitated and uh, that is mm-hmm. a, that is one of the primary signs another obviously main sign is when it starts impacting your health so uh, if if your health is being impacted at all by gaming if you are if you're not being able to get good quality sleep if you're not being able to sleep during the night if uh, you're not if you're especially if it reaches the level where you're missing okay. a meal mm. <clears throat> or you're uh, not not going to the toilet or anything like that then uh, then obviously it needs you need to realize that it's a big red mm. flag all these things and you need to cut it down as soon I really as possible like it when you put it uh, in the beginning you know it it's just like uh, when suddenly your online avatar becomes uh, far more important for you and you start to identify with that reality and it hurts you more when that ego is hurt rather than your actual real life person and uh, personality and uh, yeah you start drifting in that virtual zone more than your real life and you're constantly like you said thinking about the game and uh, your 
you're absent from where you are actually present in fact whatever you're doing you're not in that moment and yeah your sleep and parents also getting agitated they always get agitated when you play but yes sometimes when you're doing it way beyond a certain time limit yes so i think summarizing what you and siddharth have put together it's important to regulate it's important to break with the exercise it's important to make sure that it's not affecting your regular routine functions like eating sleeping and studying and your concentration so yeah i think what even zoya also said all three of you pointed to a very key area of self discipline and control and regulating it with practical suggestions like putting on a timer making sure that you stop at that promised time to yourself and break away from that game but yes i also feel that um, none of you was uh, keen to give me the number of hours one should play and very diplomatically you all uh, skirted around that question so i am now compelled to bring in an adult in the conversation adult per se somebody who's been into counseling and who was with us in the previous episode as well monica kapoor and monica if you remember in our last episode had also uh, introduced us to dr anjali who spoke at length about this matter and she says as an eye doctor that screens whether they are online classes or whether it's a social media addiction there is a severe problem that's coming up called quarantine myopia and i'm rephrasing it and i'm um, sort of grilling it into you because uh, i want this phrase to settle down because this isolation this lockdown is nowhere close to getting over and uh, kids are still home youngsters are not going back to colleges and schools no it's not happening any soon so we need to right now arrest this problem so let me invite invite monica into the discussion now uh, welcome monica thank you for coming back you've heard some very bright clear-headed youngsters talk about social media addiction and gaming what's your take and uh, as a counselor who's dealing with a lot of people who are coming to you with signs symptoms and issues of social media and gaming addiction impacting various areas of their lives so please share your views hi indrajit uh glad to be back here and uh been listening to this wonderful conversation of all three of these young adults who i feel have been uh, very candid and they've you know shared with us and that's thank you for that and also i also feel that none of them i think has reached that level of addiction that either their parents or them should be too worried about because they seem to have a very sensible head on their shoulder so that's wonderful to know and yes i have been um, you know talking to a lot of kids with similar issues and i notice primarily that it's usually the middle school years when there is the tipping point so to speak when gaming becomes addiction for a lot of children and at that point in time you also figure out of course parents are worried and um, well the kid would turn around and say parents are always worried even if i am playing for 2 hours you know that they are like on my case what are you starting to study what are you starting to study but i have also 
like i'd like to discuss a couple of cases which i found very interesting um in one case you know there was this kid who obviously was brought to me because of social media addiction and when we probed further he was also a very right. self aware kid and he said mm-hmm. yes i know i'm addicted so i was wondering ki okay well if you know you're addicted mm-hmm. half the battle won and let's just deal with the addiction so we would uh, go back and forth on various sessions and we'd try to figure out solutions and he said yes right. yes i think this is going to work and he'd come okay. back and it wouldn't work so that was a very strange thing now if we were to look at the classic signs there was this whole physical aggression when he was taken away from gaming you know like vedant also mentioned that it cannot become the only thing that you do so for this child clearly he would come back to from school and that was the first thing he was concerned about don't touch right. my console hmm. you know nobody tell me when to eat locking mm-hmm. the door sitting in the room the minute the parent would come in and you know talk about anything else he would actually get physically aggressive because he's so mm-hmm. wound up with all his playing but um, it turns out that the reason for his addiction was okay. something totally different he was trying to escape from the fact that now he's in class 11 and he's chosen his subjects and he's not able to cope with the jump oh, in the okay. syllabus with the jump in so the this was his escape level. and his uh, sort of uh, way of covering it all up and uh, he was hiding behind that screen in fact absolutely he was not even able hmm. to acknowledge to himself that he's being he's overwhelmed by the fact that he's not able to cope and therefore sort of brushing it away and getting into playing getting his dopamine shot from that or you know whatever and basically using it as a refuse which is why he would say i know i'm addicted i know i'm addicted but not do anything about it so you know okay. even that can happen occasionally you can have someone who so obviously you have tons of kids who are not even aware that they are addicted they'll deny that they are addicted and here is this other spectrum of the case where this child is saying i know i am addicted but yet not mm-hmm. wanting to leave it so so what do you feel that uh when it reaches that extreme when you're living in denial and um, it's an escape i personally feel uh, these things are subtly learned by watching your own parents because as adults at times we are also guilty of charge and the charge is again the same social media addiction or phone addiction or news channel addiction whatever addiction it is it's it's all starting with the phone you know i think for most adults it started off very innocently by playing uh, solitaire in the old time computers and and gradually when you know you're sitting and at times uh, even google would offer you a game when internet searches were slow so i think it has been slowly fed into the system and it's not just gaming but today we are constantly addicted to news pouring in uh, somebody who's working on the stock market is constantly addicted to watching how the market is behaving every 5 minutes as if you know things keep changing rapidly then um, there's that constant urge for uh, social media feeds whether it's instagram or it's facebook you are constantly on a refresh mode to check what's happening what's not happening and all this again i feel even from the parent side today is 
an escape because most social media feeds on your lack of self-belief, security and assurance within yourself. You, you feel incomplete and you're constantly seeking validation and that validation is required because you're trying to fill a void in yourself. And sometimes your child is just watching. If my parent can't put the, put the phone away for an hour or two, why do they expect me to put it away? And, and there are so many underlying reasons for that that I feel uh, are, are a subject for discussion on their own. But do you feel it's, it's parents also who are guilty? Because uh, sub unconsciously they're, they're sort of transferring this to their children that okay, gaming or the phone or the screen is a good way of escaping. Sometimes escaping a difficult family conversation. Sometimes it's like um, escaping a very difficult subject which they might be dealing with, which maybe relates to like peer pressure, like academic pressure or something else. And the easiest way to avoid it is and avoid taking it on, taking it head on is to immerse yourself in a game. And probably that's what the parents are also doing. They're escaping the pressures of their lives in social media and it's just getting transferred to the kids. Do you feel this? Is that the case or am I making a wrong uh, conclusion? That is the case many a time. Um, very often you will find today that parents are definitely, like you said, on the phone. Now, it becomes difficult sometimes for the child to figure out that is my parent doing work-related stuff or right, are they doing entertainment-related right. stuff. So, like you said, uh, you had given very pertinent examples mm. about, say, the stock market. Now, I, I know that, you know, someone who is in the market will constantly want to check. Not only after the market is finished, they are checking, you know, what's happening in Europe. Now, America yeah. has opened what hap what's happening in Hong Kong. So for the child to differentiate uh, the quality of the screen time, so to speak, becomes difficult. They do, what they do see is that their parent is also constantly on the phone mm -hmm. or in front of a screen. So to morally turn around and tell a child, ke, oh, I know what I'm doing and you don't know. While for a parent, it, it's the right mindset to be in that, look, I'm an adult. I know what I'm doing, but you don't. And let me educate you in a way. But... Um, Many children don't see it like that. They just see. They just say that. Well, you're also in the phone all the time. So I mean, what are right. you pointing fingers at me for? So, um, as as a counselor and as an adult today, you know, the other day we were discussing at length that how the online education uh, is changing everything, and we were in the post episode discussing. It's not that the entire online thing is bad and it's not right. It's becoming the need of the hour, you know. It's just like to carry that discussion also forward. It's like the change that is now necessary, mandatory. And I think as these young um, people we were speaking to, Vedant and uh, Zoya and uh, Siddharth, I think they pointed out the very right direction that we need to adopt, which is striking a balance. And whether it's online education, whether it's going to be working from home, we need to find that balance that every 40-45 minutes you get up and you move around, you take your eyes off the screen, you control the brightness and once your work day is done, you need to be disciplined enough to be able to pack it off and put it away in a basket. 
so that when you're sitting with the family, probably it's family time, you're eating together, and nobody gets up to look at their phone, even if the whole world comes crashing. You know, that kind of discipline and self-regulation, which I think there's a lot of hope with these youngsters being able to find that answer, whereas a lot of the adults and a lot of the impressionable young kids are still struggling with. Absolutely. That's absolutely correct. And in an ideal scenario, this is what we would all be able to do. But uh, as you very rightly pointed out, people who are already addicted or people who are adults and especially children who are impressionable young children who are watching them. And I've noticed this mostly in pre-teens and, hmm. you know, early teenagers <laughs> that when they are completely at the cusp of getting Mode, into this yeah. addictive hmm. habit. You know, they are not old enough to recognize their triggers and uh, they are not young enough to be right. treated as children anymore. So that's a very volatile, so to speak, hmm. age mentally for them. And for the parents also, it becomes difficult to handle them sometimes and things can get ugly and, you know, there can be arguments and constant hmm. fights in the house and you don't understand me and I don't care right. about you and type statements keep hmm. flying back and hmm. forth, you know, the whole day. In fact, uh, this is reminding me of uh, another uh, case which I had handled last year, uh, which was very interesting. In fact, the whole family was constantly squabbling over the screen addiction and the parents are, uh, the father is coming to say that, you know, right. my child is addicted and I'm trying to write everything in my book to be able to help him. I've explained to him the consequences. I have explained to him, uh, you know, very nicely also, okay, beta, you know, this is bad for you, right down to threatening that I'm going to take away your console, I'm going to yank out the Wi-Fi and all kinds of stuff were happening in that household. And when we got to probing more and dealing more with this case and talking more, it turns out, uh, funnily enough, that the mother is also completely addicted yeah. to social media. So she's not finding anything unusual. Yeah, because about I think she's, she's also she's living in that state of half uh, wakefulness, and uh, uh, so it's okay. I think it's perfect. It's it's a normal. It's a given uh, in that house. Mm. Yes, and as far as she's concerned, if he's spending so much time in front of the screen, there's nothing wrong with it. Because if she acknowledges that, then she her has own to acknowledge addiction, yeah. her own addiction. Hmm. And she is in complete denial. So the fight is becoming between the two, the mother and the father, that you are too overbearing. She's telling the father, you are too old fashioned. You know, this is how kids are. And you're just wanting them to go back to, you know, cave person times where you're saying, you know, detach from social media and let's have dinner yeah. together without the phones and all. And she said, oh. God, you're old fashioned. So it was quite amusing to see that she, since she herself is constantly not on the phone, it. she yeah. finds nothing Probably wrong with the child. Also, if, if it's her perfect escape, how can it not be justified that her child also finds a perfect escape in the screen, right? Hmm. Yeah, probably. Or she doesn't even know she's yes, escaping. For her, it's fine, you know. 10 hours of, um, the, in, you know, a day on the screen is okay. Oh, right. She's doing the same thing. Zoya, you've been listening into all this conversation. Thank you so much, Monica. And you know why I'm turning to Zoya? Because uh, she triggered the whole conversation off and uh, she planned this uh, entire episode uh, with me. And we were looking at gaming and social media. 
So now that she's heard four different opinions, I'd like to go back to her and ask her. Zoya, are we a little wiser after these uh, divergent views that have come to us? Are we reaching any conclusion? If at all, let's let's conclude. What, what do you think? What's your takeaway from the conversation that we had? And then probably I'll put my two cents in as well. So I really like the fact that, you know, we've got completely different perspectives. Somebody from the medical sphere, somebody, you know, who's uh, into mm. gaming, which is Siddharth, as well as from a counsellor as well. So thank you so much. And I feel that, you know, with everybody's opinions uh, to the audience, it's okay that, you know, if you ha uh, have been spending too much of mm. uh, time on social media. But, you know, I feel like learning from our experiences at, at the same time, you know, maintaining that balance at the same time, um, you know, spending that limited time, but mm. still have that fulfillment in terms of the entertainment because you know even right now socialization maybe more than two three people is not right. is restricted at the moment so i feel that you know learning from these uh, like th the way our schedules are i'm not saying that you have to completely implement it but at the same time you know taking away uh, some of our experiences is, can be beneficial mm. to the i think it's a it's a good way to conclude because uh, the key word emerging today is balance, balance. And repeatedly we're talking about finding that middle path wherein uh, you can keep on with your gaming. You're not left behind, but you're aware that this is the number of hours I'm going to devote to it. And you should be able to sp stop yourselves and, and stop just short of getting yourself into a habit wherein it's an obsession, wherein you're losing sleep, wherein you're compromising on your academic performance, wherein it starts to impact your relationship, your social, your interpersonal, and it starts to impact your health. So with a nice balance of physical activity, looking after your academic graph, if you can keep up with the gaming, then like uh, Vedant pointed out, yes, it can help you sharpen some of your skill sets. It can help you um, get your brain working better. And it can also help you in dealing with some life uh, situations better. But then that's when you apply gaming in a positive, healthy way and bring it into your life as something that actually helps you. But if you overdo it, we know where all it can lead. So thank you so much, Zoya, Siddharth, Vedant and Monica for uh, talking to us. I think uh, we've had a wonderful discussion and uh, yet it remains a double-edged sword like it was. The sword is even sharper and double-edged. And I would again like to reiterate that I'm still wondering because uh, I may be convinced with one set of the arguments or the other. But again, the question still remains, which I said Shakespeare would have asked if he was alive to screen or not to screen and to game or not to game. So we leave it to you to decide. But wherever you draw the lines, make sure that you're looking after your mental and physical health. And uh, if you want to share further with us, our email is sageadvice.in at gmail.com, S-A-G-E-A-D-V-I-C-E dot in 
at gmail.com. So write into us and keep sharing your feedback. We'll be back again with another episode because Sage Advice for a Better Life is constantly thinking about you. Thank you for listening. Sage Advice for a Better Sage Life. Sage Advice for a Better Life.